Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, December 29th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give Pick on the Navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayeki, and it means, And He Lived. Genesis 49, 27-50-20 Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. Then Jacob instructed them, Soon I will die and join my ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephron the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre in Canaan, that Abraham bought from Ephron the Hittite as a permanent burial site. There Abraham and his wife are buried. There Isaac and his wife, Rebekah, are buried. And there I buried Leah. It is the plot of land and the cave that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished his charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, 
breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took the usual forty days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for seventy days. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I am about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father. After his burial, I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officers of Egypt. Joseph also took his entire household and his brothers and their households, but they left their little children and flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad, near the Jordan River, they held a very great and solemn memorial service, with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad. Then they renamed that place, which is near the Jordan, Abel Mizraim, for they said, This is a place of deep mourning for these Egyptians. So Jacob's sons did as he had commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as a permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please, Forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Zechariah 14, 1-21
Watch, for the day of the Lord is coming, when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you, the people of Jerusalem. I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, the houses looted, and the women raped. Half the population will be taken into captivity, and the rest will be left among the ruins of the city. Then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations, as he has fought in times past. On that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountain will move toward the north, and half toward the south. You will flee through this valley, for it will reach across to Azal. Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all his holy ones with him. On that day the sources of light will no longer shine, yet there will be continuous day. Only the Lord knows how this could happen. There will be no normal day and night, for at evening it will still be light. On that day, life-giving waters will flow out from Jerusalem, half toward the Dead Sea and half toward the Mediterranean, flowing continuously in both summer and winter. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, there will be one Lord and his name alone will be worshipped. All the land from Geba, north of Judah, to Rimmon, south of Jerusalem, will become one vast plain. But Jerusalem will be raised up in its original place and will be inhabited all the way from the Benjamin Gate over to the site of the Old Gate, then to the Corner Gate, and from the Tower of Hananel to the king's wine presses. And Jerusalem will be filled, safe at last, never again to be cursed and destroyed. And the Lord will send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, They will be terrified, stricken by the Lord with great panic. They will fight their neighbors hand to hand. Judah, too, will be fighting at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the neighboring nations will be captured, great quantities of gold and silver and fine clothing. This same plague will strike the horses, mules, camels, donkeys, and all the other animals in the enemy camps. In the end, the enemies of Jerusalem who survived the plague will go up to Jerusalem each year to worship the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Saviot, and to celebrate the Feast of Sukkot. Any nation in the world that refuses to come to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies, will have no reign. If the people of Egypt refuse to attend the feast, the Lord will punish them with the same plague that He sends on the other nations who refuse to go.
Egypt and the other nations will all be punished if they don't go to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. On that day, even the harness bells of the horses will be inscribed with these words, Holy to the Lord. And the cooking pots in the temple of the Lord will be as sacred as the basins used beside the altar. In fact, every cooking pot in Jerusalem and Judah will be holy to the Lord of Heaven's armies. All who come to worship will be free to use any of these pots to boil their sacrifices. And on that day, there will be no longer traitors in the temple of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Revelation 20, 1-15 Then I, John, saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations any more until the thousand years were finished. Afterward he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Yeshua, and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle a mighty army, as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth, and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. 
Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Psalm 148, 1-14 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him from the skies. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all the armies of heaven. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you twinkling stars. Praise Him, skies above. Praise Him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for He issued His command, and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey Him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones, the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless, and see that they get justice. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Zechariah chapter 14. And in this chapter, it's talking about the Lord coming back and dealing with Israel's enemies. And it talked about how his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives and the mountain will literally split in two and create a valley. And then all those people who are there in Jerusalem, that that valley is their way of escape. And that then he's going to send a plague on all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. And their people will become like walking corpses, their flesh rotting away, their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. That sounds to me like almost what you would see in a nuclear blast, that you're instantly incinerated. So then in verse 16, In the end, the enemies of Israel who survived the plague will go up to Jerusalem each year to worship the king, the Lord of heaven's armies, Yahweh Savayot, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And then it goes on to say, any nation in the world that refuses to come to Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles, they will um, suffer a plague. So to me, this is compelling evidence that in the future, the Lord is expecting that the nations, all the nations, send a representative to Jerusalem to celebrate and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, and that any nation that does not will have a drought. 
So if he expects the nations to keep the Feast of Tabernacles during his 1,000-year reign, shouldn't we be keeping the Feast of Tabernacles now? And so I believe, too, we're going to be keeping the Shabbat. When Yeshua returns every Shabbat, there's going to be a time of rest and shalom and peace and the gates of the Jerusalem will open and people can come in and keep Shabbat. And then that would be Friday night sundown through Saturday night sundown. So there's a cycle. There's a pattern. God is very much a God of patterns and cycles. And so... I encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to be keeping the feasts of the Lord. The next feast would be Passover this coming April, April of 2024. Because we learn so much from the feast. They teach us so much. We see Yeshua in the feasts. And especially the Feast of Tabernacles, that feast is all about the season of our joy. It's the end of the journey, the faith journey that we've been on. The journey began at Passover when we left Egypt and we left the world and we left sin behind us. And we came through the Red Sea, which is our water baptism into the Holy Spirit. And we began this journey, a faith journey with him. And Feast of Tabernacles represents, the theme is, it represents the end of the journey that we've crossed over now into finishing the journey. It's also a theme of wedding, that you stand under the hoopah with your beloved, with your bridegroom, and under that hoopah is where you get married. So Feast of Tabernacles also has a theme of wedding. I want to conclude with a beautiful worship song called The Promise, sung by Ronan Shalom. Enjoy. Justice in mercy and loving kindness. 
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.